Good day, fellow Thunderbird enthusiasts and antique car lovers. This is John R. Lewis coming to you again from my basement studio in Morgantown, West Virginia. Last week, the discussion centered around the 55, 56, and 57 first generation of Thunderbirds we affectionately call the Baby Birds. I thought this week I'd slow the roll a little bit and discuss the 58 Thunderbird, first of the second generation we call Squarebirds. They are called Squarebirds due to their formal roof line and squarish eyebrow treatment over the headlights. It's interesting to note that in 1958, Motor Trend named the 58 Squarebird, the 58 Thunderbird, Motor Trend Car of the Year. 58 was also the first year that the American government allowed the car industry to put quad headlights on cars. So we start seeing quad headlights from 1958 on. I have often thought that perhaps the 1958 Squarebird in the long run actually saved our beloved T-Bird from an early demise. I think it is doubtful the T-Bird would have lasted as a two-seater. Purists, don't hate me. While the production figures were good for 55, 56, and 57 T-Birds, Ford still wanted more, and the public seemed to want more too, especially asking for more seats. What do you think would have happened if the Thunderbird had been offered in a 2 plus 2 configuration? Kind of like an Aston Martin. Do you think it would have hindered the development of the Mustang? I don't know. I realize that we're really looking at two different price ranges, but it just kind of an interesting idea to put out there. Let's take a look at the history of the square bird. Development actually started for the new bird during the development of the 57T bird. Ford had hired a new hotshot known as McNamara. He would later become the Secretary of Defense and manage the Vietnam War. He was pushing for a bigger T bird with a back seat for families while retaining the sporting personal luxury feel. Designers were somewhat confused, also, when it looked like the T-Bird would become part of the Lincoln family. In fact, some early leaks to the press said there might be a new Lincoln, and they were referring to the T-Bird. It is interesting to note that the new Thunderbird was going to be built in the new Wixom, Michigan plant alongside the Continentals from Lincoln. The Lincolns and T-Birds were actually going to be of a unibody construction. The body would be welded together and actually the strength would derive from the welds and how the metal was stamped. There would be no frame underneath these cars. This method was new and would to this day become the standard on which most cars would be built. The square birds as mentioned before were of unitized construction. This method had been tried in some earlier cars like the Hudson's in the 50s, but not to the degree of success that the T-Birds would bring to the front. The T-Bird was designed to sit low. In fact, designers were told the car wasn't to be any taller than I believe it was 53 inches from the bottom of the tire to the top of the roof. This forced the engineers to tuck the drivetrain up into the passenger compartment. This actually divided the seats into four distinct areas. The designers covered the drivetrain with attractive upholstery like ashtrays, but later it would house power window switches, radios, and various controls. This was actually, and I find this very interesting, this was actually the first four console 
placed in American cars and it was widely copied. Today, we even still have them. And you find the majority of consoles in trucks, the muscle cars. So it's something, an idea that was born out of necessity, but then caught on. The concept of the floor console also introduced the concept of bucket seats due to the sharp divisions caused by the transmission tunnel. This tunnel also added great deal of strength to the body. Don't forget that the tunnel was containing the drivetrain, which included the new 352 cubic inch engine rated at 300 horsepower. This power was definitely needed. The new T-Bird was almost two tons of fun. The glove compartment door weighed in five pounds by itself. Think of that, a five pound glove compartment door. The next engineering feat that was attempted but didn't last was the airbag suspension. In theory, it was great. In practice, the drivers complained. And the repair bills were highly expensive. About 200 of these airbag cars were built before Ford went back to a more traditional suspension setup. Are they collectible? I don't know. I think they would be, as they would be rare. Um, I think it would be very interesting to update the system with new bags and compressors. See how it rolls. I'm sure someone has done it. I'd like to know if someone has. I would like to see that car. Uh, I'd like to see it rolling down the road. I'd like to know how it handles. Heck, I would even like to ride in it. I don't think there are any of these conversions in my areas. The Square Bird was originally offered in a two-door hardtop and convertible model. There are hints of a station wagon model. That model never materialized. But I did find a picture, and I will be placing a picture of the 58 Square Bird station wagon on my website. I'll put that in the description. I viewed this picture I think it's pretty sweet myself. I wouldn't have mind if they'd built a couple of them. Uh, it, inter it is interesting to note that the formal roof line of the 58 Square Bird was shared with other models like the Galaxy to keep that family heritage alive that Ford treasured so much. There were problems with the convertible as it was to have Ford's retractable hardtop that was to come off the Galaxy model. Finally, um, the convertible model was built but it was halfway through the production year the model was a hybrid between uh, hydraulics taking it down as well as uh, the owner doing manual uh, work with the convertible but only 2134 of these convertibles out of a total of 37,892 were built i think these convertibles are very well sought after today and they are very collectible did you realize that the 1958 production totals more than doubled the 57 Baby Birds production totals? I think that alone, many people would say that Ford was on the right track of what they did with these early Thunderbirds. Although I know I have many purists out there, probably listening to this podcast, that would disagree with me and thought that it should have always stayed a two-seater. I think Ford did a wonderful design job with these cars as no boot is present, just a clean unobstructed line when the top is down. 
I really think Ford Thunderbird convertibles between 1955 and 1966 in the T-Bird range are some of the most beautiful cars ever produced by any manufacturer. Remember when buying, if the top goes down, the price goes up. I've seen as much as a $10,000 difference between a hard top and a convertible that are in, in the exact same condition. Also remember, when buying a unitized car, get underneath and check for rust. If there are rust in the seams, the car is eventually going to fail or it's going to sag on you and you won't be able to close the doors and this will become a very expensive repair. So please check on unitized cars for rust. Like the 55 Baby Bird, the 58 Square Bird was a new design. Remember, Ford is in its three-year redesign phase for the T-Bird. There were some problems, noisy brakes, some overheating, some bushing noise, and some steering wallow. Ford fixed three of the four in 58 with new materials and a redesign of the fan, but the steering was caused by the suspension woes from those airbags, and we wouldn't see that problem really solved until the 59 square bird. But there were no complaints overall about the unitized body as it was very solid and it was squeak free. One interesting note, and I'm by no way suggesting this, but the bushings that Ford used on the 58 Thunderbird did a lot of squeaks and they were weak. Some of the mechanics solved this problem by actually hammering a nail through the bushings. I suppose the nail supported the bushings and stopped the squeaking because they didn't compress as much. Um, I wouldn't recommend this. I have never seen a bushing problem solved with hammering a nail through it. I think uh, one of the easiest ways to know if, if you're looking at a 58, 59, or 60 square bird is to get used to looking at the spears on the side. For 58, the spear has five distinctive decorative blocks on it. With each year, the spear changes just a little bit. During this time period, owners would change out the grills between the models, so this isn't always a good clue to what year you're looking at. I'll post on my website some ID tag information, and I think you, you'll find this helpful. Look under the tab of 58 Square Bird on my website. I'll also put the optional color and the optional upholstery codes that you would find on the ID tags. So once again, uh, my website is bluethunderinthehills.com. I'll put this in the description section of this week's podcast. So what were some of the options that we could be looking at on the square birds? Well, the engine for all the square birds, it was the new 352. There wasn't an engine option. And this 352 cubic inch engine produced 300 horsepowers. Now, it was mated to a standard three speed, or as we say, the old three on the tree. Also, uh, you could buy an automatic transmission. I figure most T-Birds came equipped with an automatic transmission and finding a three speed transmission, if that's what you wish, would be kind of hard. I remember my dad, he had a 68 short bed pickup it was a GMC, short bed again, blue, and it had a three on a tree, and he taught me how to drive it. I really do miss my dad, and I really do have fond memories of that truck. I remember the time that he was teaching me to drive it, and, um, you know, the clutch is stiff in those old trucks, and 
I let the clutch out too fast and uh, I had it in first gear and it just started spinning those tires and unfortunately the tires were brand new so uh, he quickly shut the truck down and I didn't get another driving lesson for quite a while because being a teenager I think he thought that I had done it on purpose I was too embarrassed to tell him that the clutch was too stiff and when I started letting up easily it slammed my leg back into my chest but anyway I will go on with stories on the Thunderbirds um, along with the three speeds you could get standard or the automatics that you could get as an option um, I have seen some 58 59 60 T-Bird owners do a four-speed uh, conversion to their Thunderbirds it looks pretty neat and when it's done right it actually looks factory now I'm sure they did something to the engine to justify that four-speed but if you're not a purist and you're, and you're driving your Thunderbird to have some fun and you're trying to tailor it to what you want, this might be something you look at too. Here are some other options. So, the option list starts with power steering. I can't imagine steering almost a two-ton car without power steering. Heater and defroster. So I'm gonna imagine that the people in Minneapolis, Minnesota, Idaho, those people that bought T-Birds, bought the heater but you know I'm often surprised when I look at older cars of how many people really didn't buy heaters it just always astounded me you could get a leather interior you could get a manual front seat back in 57 56 with the baby birds I think they had some problems with their um, power seat options where it would remember what position the power seat was in and I think they did away with it um, I found it funny that a manual front seat was listed in a Thunderbird because does that mean the seats were in fixed position I really don't know those of you that have these 58 59 60 T-Birds I wish somebody would let me know uh, of course you could order a radio white sidewall tires windshield washers wheel covers backup lights seat belts, tinted glass, two-tone paint, interior non-glare mirror, an outside mirror, an electric clock, locking gas caps, heavy-duty battery, safety package, and the safety package was probably seat belts, was probably seat belts, and rear fender shields. I always found this interesting, even on my 63, Fender shields on the rear wheels were an option. Unless you ordered a convertible with wire wheels, I never saw a Thunderbird without fender skirts. I didn't realize that they were an option. So as you can see, Ford is still throwing out the idea that they'll give you a basic car and you can add on to it. Well, you know what I call that? Ka-ching, ka-ching. Today, you know you have to buy packages, and they won't let you buy individual options. And sometimes in those packages, you don't always want what you're getting. But the ka-ching factor is still there. So in this case, I'm going to tell you that I really do like the older way um, better than the new way. Uh, I wish we could go back to ordering uh, individual options. So... My fellow Thunderbird and antique owners, I think I'll wrap this session up. I want to wish you the best. 
Next week, we're gonna look at the 59 square bird and what Ford brought to the table with this model. Um, I hope this gives you a little insight into Thunderbirds. I hope this piques your curiosity so that you'll go searching on your own for some fun facts about Thunderbirds and that you'll think about possibly getting into the antique car um, hobby. Uh, I would love for you to get into the antique car hobby, car hobby um, with a Thunderbird, um, but to each their own. So uh, until then, don't forget, drive those antiques. Thanks for tuning in the podcast, and I'll be speaking to you next week about 59 square birds.